Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. And I'm telling you, first service, and I, I expect nothing but the same in this service. And I expect God to do something exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. And that's the God that I serve. Amen? That he always, does, he always does more. So we're in this series called Sticks and Stones. And if you have missed any of them, please go back to our website, journeycommunity.net. You can pick up any of them. You can just, uh, there's actually uh, hundreds of uh, different sermons on there, messages uh, up there that you can actually go back and watch something from the past from other series. But this one obviously is hitting a chord with a lot of people because my phone is blowing up, my Facebook message. Every week, uh, it's 20 or 30 people that go like, I needed to hear that right there. And then the challenges that we've been doing, and we're going to do three challenges or three encouragements today. But I was going to go a whole other direction uh, today, and then uh, something happened about three weeks ago. I, don't, I had the series all mapped out, and I actually had a message that we were going to talk more about the words that we, that we use with each other again. But then something happened. So I'm going to ask a couple questions today. I need a show of hands, okay? It's not going to be this not weird, but, but how many people talk to themselves? Raise, raise your hands real high. You, you talk to yourself, okay. I, I just, I'm glad it's a lot of you. First service, it was like me. And everybody's looking at me like a deer in headlights, like, what? And I said this. I said, the reason I talk to myself is I like listening to a smart man talk. I like talking to a smart man. So I talk to myself. But I was, I was going to, um, to a restaurant downtown. It's called uh, Hildebrand's, and it's a, a little sandwich shop. It's a great little place, and it's kind of my oldest daughter and myself. We like to go there. That's kind of our place to hang out. So we were th- down there, and I talked to myself, and I've been, I've been known. Like, I, I don't get loud or anything, but, but I, I have conversations with myself, and it, it's self-talk. It's like, you know, you can do this. You, can, you know, you're great, and you're the best, and you're good-looking, and whatever I say to myself, you know. I don't know what you say to yourself. That's what I say to myself. But a lot of times, it's like, you know, that failure is not going to dictate who I am. It's not going to define me, right? So I, I'll talk to myself about that, that failure. That I failed over here, but you know something? It doesn't define who I It doesn't label me. And so I was having this little conversation, and all of a sudden, I heard this guy yelling. You ever had that moment where you think somebody's on the phone, but you don't really know, and you start to answer and they go, that's what I thought this was. But he was yelling, I mean loud. And I turned around, I'm like, and he's like, huh? And he starts like talking to himself like in up here. And I'm going, bless his heart. And at first, like, so obviously, and I don't mean this to be like, Obviously, there was, there was an emotional thing going on there. And so, but I started to be critical. That's what we do. Because we've been told that if you talk to yourself, you're crazy. Right? We've been told, we've been told that all our lives. You talk to yourself. Are you talking to yourself? So he, he, he was, and then it hit me all of a sudden. I was doing the same exact thing he was doing. He was just louder than me. And I thought to myself, maybe it's not that bad. Well, you know something? Studies have shown that people that talk to themselves get themselves out of jams quicker. They understand. There's all kinds. They actually did a study one time. They gave, they gave 20 cards to these two groups of people, the hundreds of people, and they separated in two groups. And they said, this is what you can do. You have, you have these 20 cards, and there's a banana card in there. And you can't say a word uh, to any, you, yourself or anybody else. You just, uh, and then there's this other group of people that gave the same cards, and there's a banana. And, and, but they could say banana, 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 banana. This group over here, by 50% found the banana cards quicker. And there's something about that registering with the brain and the mouth that happens. And, and here's what I want us to get. We've been talking about all these words today. We're going to talk about the words that we say 
to ourselves. How we talk to ourselves, whether it's, whether it's positive or negative, because everybody in this room at some point, you may not do it verbally, but you do it subconsciously. And depending on your circumstances, what, you know, what, what's the dialogue like going on up there? And a lot of us, what happens is it, it has this tendency to kind of go south and get negative. And when we get negative, we start saying these lines that impact our lives, like big lines, big, bold ones. Like, like this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Now, I, I've been around people that say, like, they're just a little small thing. You, you know what? I was, I was doing a counseling appointment this past week, and there's two words that really bother me when people say, and this, these are the two words, everything and everybody. You ever heard those two? Because generally everything means one or two things and everybody means one person. And so we're rather, but it seems like when the world is crashing in on us, right? This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Like there's no, no, there's no good that can happen. Or this is the end. This is it. I, I knew it was going to be. Or I'm such a failure. I shared with, uh, I think this service too last week, but I had a teacher um, when I was, that was a good catch right there. That's cat-like refluxes, right? Ref, not refluxes, reflexes. <laughs> I may have cat-like like hairball too, but that's a whole other story. You never, welcome to Journey if you're a guest here. Um, but the teacher told me, when I was in high school, said, you, you'll never amount to anything. You'll, you'll, and, and I had people walking up to me going, my dad told me that. My grandfather told me that. My sister told me that. My brother told me that. And I was like, but you know what happens when I fail or make a mistake? that pops back up in my mind. And that self-talk is, I'm such a failure. I'll never amount to anything. Nothing ever works out. How many people have ever said, don't raise your hand on this one, but nothing ever works out for me. N nothing ever works. N nothing good has ever, I, I, I'm always, if it wasn't for bad luck, there's no luck at all. And that's the way a lot of us think. And in talking that way, what happens is we perpetuate the discouragement and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And we can't break the cycle. But today I'm telling you, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about how we can break that cycle in our lives. Um, there's a passage of scripture that I go to all the time when I'm struggling with stuff. And it's in 1 Samuel. Um, David, King David, uh, is uh, the writer of this. And he's having this conversation. And he does something that's kind of unique to him. And, and, and the first couple of verses are, are a situation that a lot of us feel like we're in sometimes where everybody's against us and everything is going wrong. And that's literally what he, he's talking about. And he says this in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, verse 6. He says, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man, every man, there's that word, right? Everybody, everything, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Now watch what it says here. And it says, but David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. Did y'all catch that? He was talking to himself. He was going, you know something? It's not as bad as you think it is. He, he listen, 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 yes, but God's still with you. But God can, he can still do this thing. He can still, he's exceedingly above, above all we can ask him. Whatever it is, God can still do those things. Every time we get in a situation like that, every time I've gotten in a situation like that, I've gone this path. Okay, so what did he do to encourage himself? What did he say to himself? And you know what? I've, I've, kind of, I've kind of figured out three things that I think David's done to kind of talk him out of those moments. And I think the very first thing, and we could, like, we could use this like it's something that we can kind of, kind of, kind of rest in. And I want to ask, when is the last time that you reminded yourself of all that God has done for you? All the things that God's done for you. When's the last time you make a list? I'm a list guy. I'm one of those guys that loves uh, journaling and writing my prayers out. And so what I started doing is I started writing those things out. And, and what I realized when David is saying this, I, I encouraged myself. He had thousands of years of encouragement. Because if you know the story of Israel, the story of Israel goes something like this. 
Up, down, up, down, up, down. Serving God, not serving God. Serving God, not serving God. Serving God, not serving God. That's our lives, isn't it? And David's going, well, 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 hold on a second, but there's some good things in this process. Like his grandfather probably sat him on his lap and said, let me tell you the story about the Red Sea. He, he, he started encouraging himself based on some of the history that happened. He goes, let me tell you about Noah and how Noah built an ark and how God protected him. Let me tell you about Abraham and how God gave Abraham a promise and he fulfilled that promise. And all of a sudden, even with the up and the down and the up and the down, David goes, you know something? I'm gonna encourage myself with years and years and years of history. One of the things that I love to do because I believe God's word is still alive. Somebody please say amen to that. That just because he did it thousands of years ago doesn't mean he can't do it again. Just because it happened, you know, 6,000 years. I think he's still in the business of, of parting seas in our lives. I think he's still in the business of leading the enemy in the middle of the water. I think he's still in the business, just like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when all fire breaks loose around us, that he still protects us. Somebody say amen to that. Remind yourself of those things. And then he talks to himself about the things that God actually did with him. He says this in Psalms chapter 30, verse 1. He says, I will stole you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and I have let my foes rejoice over you. You have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. Man, he's, he's saying, listen, I remember when you did these things. Psalms 34, 4, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Psalms 40, verse 1. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and, and he heard my cry. He drew me up to the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He is reminding himself of everything that God's done and we can claim those promises too. When it's shifting sand or when it feels like the water, you know, just the water's coming up to our necks, when we feel like it's, it's a bob, that we can claim that we're standing on the solid rock of Jesus Christ in our life. When all you know what's breaking loose in government and everything else, we can say, but my life and my body and, and, and my mind and my spirit are all found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And we got to get to that point that we remind ourselves of all the things that God has done. Uh, again and again over the years, I've, I've needed to remind myself of what God has done for me. How he forgave me when I didn't deserve forgiveness. Every time. <laughs> or how he came through when we needed money, a financial need. We were talking about this with some friends the other night. 32 years ago, Thursday, this coming Thursday, I'll be married 32 years. My wife has tolerated me for 32 years. But we didn't have enough money to buy a Christmas tree. And we come home, I come home from work one day, and there's a Christmas tree and all the presents we could ever imagine sitting on our front porch. I, I remember days that we couldn't pay the bills. And somehow or another, I'd find a check in my, or an or, or envelope with cash in my Bible. Somebody would put it in my Bible. I have to, we, we have to remind ourselves of all the things that God's done. I had to remind myself this week that he put the right people at the right time over and over and over and over again in my life. He knows exactly what I need. So this is what I want to do. I want to give us just something we can take home with us, okay? So if you're a note taker, even if you're not a note taker, this is something you probably want to write down. Encouragement number one, take the time to write it down what God has done for you. If you were in business, you would do a cost-benefit analysis you would say, here's all the good things, here are all the bad things. I'll guarantee you the good things always outweigh the bad things when it comes to God, always. 
But start writing out all the things. He saved me. You know, he put me in, he put me in a great faith community. He gave me a great preacher. There's three right there, okay? <laughs> but you know, my assistant actually, I, I don't know how many people know how these messages go. I, I usually turn the message in and I have three or four sets of eyes because I, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be plagiarizing. I don't want to do all that stuff. And so my assistant was looking at it and she goes, how about some encouragements here? And so and I said, well, I can't tell people to write it down if I'm not going to write it down. And so this week I started writing something down and I went back in a month or so, six, eight weeks, um, we're going to be celebrating 19 years as a church. 19 years. 19 years. I honestly didn't think anybody was going to show up but my wife and kids. You know, now, you know, we're blessed. But I was reminded um, because we were eating, um, I told my wife in first service that was, I was eating a salad. I was really at a Japanese restaurant and I was eating extra rice with extra, because you have to have extra white sauce when you have hibachi, right? So extra white sauce. Um, I did have double, I did have double veggies because this just doesn't do this by itself. So I'm, 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 I'm sitting there and I look up and it's, and this is his real name. Okay. And you can, you can fact check me on this. His, his name is Dr. Doolittle. He's sitting in the corner and he stands up and he gives me a hug. What's so cool about this is 19 years ago, um, God spoke to my wife and my kids about starting this church and we didn't have a church building. And so we were praying and I asked Marty Baker at Stevens Creek, a good friend of mine. He's actually, that's how we got launched. If you didn't know the story, we got launched from Stevens Creek. Well, we had no place. And I heard about this new school called Lewiston Elementary School that was being put up. It wasn't even built yet. Some of you guys are shaking your head because you came to those first, first services. And I called the guy up and I said, hey, this is Bobby Smith. And he goes, yeah, I know. I've been waiting for your phone call. And I went, what? He goes, yeah, we were just praying for you. We were praying that God would bring a church and put it in the school and your name came up. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So I wrote that down this week. I wrote down after they kicked us out three years later. <laughs> it was a good thing <laughs> that I get a phone call from Patriots Park, the manager of Patriots Park, and he goes, hey, Pastor Bobby, this is so-and-so. He goes, we just had a church leave here, and we would like to know because we would love and be honored if you would bring your church, Journey Community Church, over here. So we ended up meeting there. This morning in first service, I shared about how we got on this place. Like, I'm literally sitting in Patriots Park. We're setting up and tearing down every day, and my phone rings, and Marissa Dodgen, who was sitting right there, right where you guys are sitting, she was sitting there. It was her dad that was the pastor of this church called me and said, what do you think about taking over this church? I've watched God's hand at every aspect of this church. Every aspect. And you know something? I take for granted how God has moved in the years leading up to this point. How about you? What are the things that God's done in your life that you need to be writing down, that you need to be journaling, that when you get discouraged, you can remind yourself of where God's brought you? I, I, I was reminded this past week, a couple years ago, I got a bad report, a medical report. And, and they told me that there was a good chance that I had a type of cancer. And I, I didn't know what to do. It scared the bejeebies out of me. And I remember going, God, whatever it is. And I remember talking to Gina. I said, you know something, whatever happens, we know that God's on our side. And you know what? I remember sitting in that office with my wife sitting next to me. And I hate it when doctors make you sit there and wait. Because every, every thought that goes through your mind is bad thoughts. And I'm thinking, I'm dying in a week. Like, this is going to be so bad. And he walks in the office, so nonchalant. And he goes, just wanted to let you know, everything came back benign. See you later. 
I haven't slept in three weeks. But you know what I also remember? God told me he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. So what's going on in your life that you need to be journaling, that you need to be writing things down? What, 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 what's, what's in your life that you haven't understood that God has brought you from this point to this point? What, what is it? What, what is it that God has done for you in your life? One of my favorite passages of scripture, because I think the biggest problem that a lot of us have is we have not changed our thoughts. And so when we don't change our thoughts, we can't change our words, and we can't change our perspective, and we can't change our circumstances. But if we change our thoughts, everything else falls into place. So what do we think about? Well, Philippians tells us what to think about. It says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking about how big God is and what he's done for you? Are all the struggles and all the problems in your life? That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. When is the last time you reminded yourself of what God has done through you? Not for you, but through you. How he's used you. And some of you are going, well, he's never used. No, there's a good chance he's used you and you may not even know it. See, that's what David talks about. He says in Psalms 18, he's talking about what God has done through him. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, meaning David, to David and his offspring forever. He's saying, listen, I have put something in your life that you're called to share. Uh, Psalms 124, he says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away and the torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us a prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made us. He's going, you know something? This is what God's done through me. God has, God has salvaged the nation of Israel. God has protected the nation of Israel through me. And David's reminding himself over and over and over again about that. I'm going to say something. And some of you are going to go, you're so arrogant. This is not arrogance. This is humility. It blows me away to this day that God chose to use me. Of all the people that were better communicators in the world, of all the people that have bigger vision of all the people that can speak better, of all the people that, that can do business better, of all the people, he chose me. I said this to, to a family between services. They came up to me and they said, they were visiting Journey for the third time, I think they said. They said, one of the reasons we came here is the first week you, uh, we were here, you talked about your anxiety and your, and your just, you know, how you, just, you battle anxiety and depression. And he goes, we deal with the same thing. And it was refreshing to hear somebody that's on a stage just go, I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. You should be surprised that God uses too. you too. Look around. Seriously. Look around. Like I'm amazed that God uses some mess ups that are in this room right now. You of all people, <laughs> you'll hear his story tomorrow night. You need to come. But God's still in the business of 
taking mess ups and turning them into masterpieces. And that's a lot of the stories of people in this church right here. We need to remember what God has done through you. Um, This is what he said. It's a story in the Gospels. And and, and this guy is sitting there in front of of God, and and he goes, when did I do that? When did I visit you when you were sick? When did I visit you when, when you were in prison? When did I visit you? And he goes, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And sometimes we, we look at least as a person or you know, a person in society. I think sometimes it's the least task too. He said, when you've brought a cup of cold water in my name, you've told them about Jesus. And I think about all the small tasks of people that do in the, uh, we couldn't do it without you. Wednesday night, we had like 400,000 students in this room. And if it wasn't for leaders in this church, there is no way. Pat would, Pat would kill himself trying to take care of all the middle school students. They had 60-something sixth graders. Oh, my. I told Pat, go home and take a nap. Not only that, we had 100 fourth and fifth graders upstairs in their new ministry experience they have up there. I hear stories about it. My, my phone blew up Wednesday night. A couple of weeks ago, Lee, my assistant, forwarded me an email. And we have a new ministry that we've started here. Probably some of you kind of were part of it this morning and didn't even know it. But So if you're a guest, you pull in, you pull to your left, you flick your lights, you pull to the left, and there's a guest parking if you're a first-time visitor. And there's people that will walk out, and they walk and talk to you, and they come, they come walking you through the building. I watched several people do it this morning. Well, we get this report, and it's a, you know, a feedback, and this is the feedback. The feedback is not that the preaching was fantastic. Not that music was good. That this one person, her name is Jess Rowland, one person walked out and met me, made me feel special, and the reason I'm coming back next week is because of her. Because of her. Here's what I believe with everything that's in me. You may not be the person that's kneeling with somebody, praying sinner's prayer with somebody, but if you're part of the process, you should be honored to be part of the process, whatever that looks like. If it's a high five, it's an encouraging word, it's a hug. You know, there's people that walk in this place week after week after week after week and never get a hug. The only hug they get is in this place right here. Man, I'm telling you, that's what God's doing through you. That's what God's doing through you. And we should be honored to be a part of that process. So here's here's second encouragement. Take a moment to remember the things that God has done through you. Now, I'm going to throw this one little thing out. If you're thinking he's never done anything through me, start being used by him. Find a place to serve. Find a place because you can invest in something that will outlive you when you invest your life for Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, here's the third thing. We're going to close right here. When was the last time you reminded yourself of what God has planned for you? So I had a weird week. Um, I got very emotional. I think it was Monday um, because I found out a friend of mine had taken his life. And it it just ran stories because about 30 years ago, I met a guy named Billy. Billy Womack was his name. And I met him through my wife and Super cool guy. Loved to hunt and loved to fish. He did everything. So we started hanging out together and we started hunting and fishing and started hanging out down in Rins, Georgia, where my wife is from and started meeting all the people down there. 
And then just because of situations in life, we got married and we, we didn't talk very much. And I remember a couple years later, I was asking, anybody, anybody see Billy anymore? Went, you didn't hear? I said, what? And he said, oh, he took his life. So his life got so just crashed in on him. Now, I'm, we're not, we're not going to get in an argument about all the... This was a friend of mine. This is a guy that had so much. He's, he'd be 50, 51 or 52 years old right now. And you know what I thought this week as I was getting the other report? What could God have done with him? How many people's lives could he have touched if he just held on a little longer? If he just held on a little longer? If he just had the nerve to talk to somebody about it? We say a journey all the time. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to struggle. Amen? You're looking at somebody, it's okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Especially when we have all the different things in this church that we have to walk people through the process from CR to divorce care to grief share now to cancer care we're starting in a couple weeks. We have tools around here to walk people through the process. Don't give up. God could be just on the verge of doing something in your life. Can, can I, can I, I'm going to throw this out. Some of you may get mad at me. I felt like this morning God told me to tell some of you, and maybe you're watching online, maybe you're at the Sherwood campus, maybe you're in, over in the atrium, but I believe there's some people that walked in this place ready to give up. Maybe not give up permanently, but ready to give up. Maybe it's not to the extent, I'm praying that it's not to the extent of taking somebody's life, but maybe you just want to quit on your dreams. Maybe you just want to quit on your relationships. Maybe you just want to quit on the whole God thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm up here going, I feel like God is about to pour something out on this place. He's about to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine if we just position ourselves in a place where he can do those things. I, I've been reading the 23rd Psalm. It's, it's, it's my favorite scripture. Um, and, I, and I need a little help. Daryl, can you come up here? Brian, can you come up here, bud? I need the two of you guys come up on stage. Come, come up here. So you'll understand this in a minute. So I need you on the right side. Look at them guns. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen to me on this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what I want is my epitaph. If you don't know what epitaph is, or what somebody says at the very end, it's eulogy. It's what's on your headstone. David was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all all that I need. Actually, all that I want. And then he goes on to say this. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Then he goes on to say, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And then my favorite, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You hear how David's talking to himself right here? He's encouraging himself. He's getting, you're with me, God. You're with me every step of the way. I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then he says, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You want to talk about self-talk right there. Man. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy everywhere I go. Come on, fellas. 
Y'all better keep up. I'm a fast mover. You got my back? Got my back? Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Everywhere I go, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying goodness and mercy with me. I can go into a hostile workplace tomorrow morning and I can be a winner because I have goodness and mercy with me. Because I know what God has for me. He who began a good work, he's able to complete it. Even when I face the valley of the shadow of death, I have goodness and mercy following me everywhere I go. Even when the person in the White House is not who I'm voting for, I still have goodness and mercy that follow me all the days of my life. Y'all, you ain't even hearing. I'll come back here. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Even when your family doesn't seem to be going the direction of your family, you know what, what goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Yeah. Right? Even when you walk in the house and you realize there's no more money in the checking account, there's still goodness and mercy that's following me all the days of my life. Even when, even when life doesn't make sense, even when you haven't beaten the addiction yet, even when you want to quit, goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody should get excited about that. I don't lose this. I read the end of the book. I win. I win. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I want to do something. I want you to give these guys a, a big round of applause. Got my back, right? Yeah, love you. Love you. Thank you. These are two good friends of mine. And they, when they say they have my back, they have my back. But I'm going to pray. I don't know what you walked in with today, but somebody needed to hear goodness and mercy is with you. Somebody needed to hear that God is for you, not against you. Somebody in this room needs to hear 2 Corinthians that you're a brand new creation, the old is gone and the new has come. Somebody needs to hear that right now. I, I, want you to, I want you to bow your head for a second. We're gonna pray. No matter how it looks at this moment, hear me on this, God is not finished with you. No, 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 matter, no matter how many times you've fallen down, God is not finished with you. No matter how disappointed you are in this life, God's not finished. No matter how fleeting success may seem, God is not finished. No matter how discouraged you are right now, hear me on this. Sometimes trials come before God does something massive. Everywhere in the Bible, the Old Testament, the book of Psalms was written out of despair. The epistles were written while the apostles were in prison over and over again. Suffering doesn't mean the end. It sometimes means it's just the beginning is around the corner. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper, not to harm. Plans to give you a hope. They're his plans, not your plans. When we leave this place in a few minutes, the challenge for every one of us is to write down some things that you know God hasn't finished doing in you yet. Maybe it's a business or a ministry. Maybe it's a, a dream that somehow or another has died. Maybe it's a habit that hasn't been defeated. Maybe it's someone that you've been talking with and they haven't, they haven't come to Christ yet. And it's you just, come on, God.
I, I want everybody to do me a favor real quick. I want everybody to stand up. I just feel like there's people in this room. Maybe you're watching online and you have a chat host right there, but you've come into this place today with this heavy burden. And maybe even have felt like quitting, whatever quitting looks like. I want us to pray for you. Like, like really pray for you. And so what I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask some of our staff to come up and our elders to come up for a second. We're going to get out of here in plenty of time. Don't freak out. Your kids are fine. Right? Marriage is falling apart, but you, you need to hear from God today that he's taking care of you. Maybe health is falling apart and you need to hear that he's taking care of you. Maybe you've made so many mistakes, you can in a million, there's no way God can use you, but Allison, I need you guys to come up. They had a, a baby this past week and she is in NICU still, but she's getting better. She's doing good. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. I don't mean to embarrass you. Allison is one of our team members here at Journey. She's one of our singers. I just I felt, I actually texted her dad the other day and just said, praying over her. I don't know how to do this. I'm not a really good preacher when it comes to the altar calls and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to shut your eyes, you can shut your eyes. If you want to keep moving, I don't care. But if you want prayer, I need you to walk on down right quick. I just need you to come down. There's people down here. Sure. That's our God. That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. If you need prayer, I, I guess we, we should be good church people. Shut your eyes. Yeah. Keep coming. If you need prayer, wow. Come here, bud. Out of the mouth of babes, the Holy Spirit speaking right now. If you didn't hear all that, God's got you right where you're at. Amen. If you need prayer, I want you to come up. Okay. Thank you. Hey, hey. Hey, proud of you, man. No, I don't want your money. That's other preachers. That's not this preacher. You, you can put it in the back. Your, your mama knows where to put it. Hey, good. let's pray. Heavenly Father. I don't know what people are going through, but I know you do. Breathe into our lungs today life. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Heal us where we need healing. 
But most of all, let us understand how powerful you are. Because every one of these circumstances, there's a line that says, but God, but God hasn't finished yet. But God's not done. But God still does miracles. And so God, that's what I'd love for you to do in this place. As we honor your name above every other name, we make you famous. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. 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 Real quick, as you're going back to your seats, Alan's going to come out in half a second. We talked about some serious things there at that last point. And if you're struggling, we would love to sit down and have a conversation with you. Um, like I said, we have grief share. We have cancer care. We have several different ministries around this church. We have counseling. If you need to, don't leave this place without talking to somebody. I know some of our elders are going to stay up here. Some of our staff, you can also go to the Next Steps area and they will gladly sit and have a conversation with you. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextstepsjourneycommunity.net. At